Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Welcome back to The Truth with Lisa Booth. This week, we're taking a trip down under to Australia where the government has used COVID-19 to impose the kind of dystopian tyranny that Dr. Fauci dreams of at night. Australians have been physically blocked from leaving their homes. Travel is effectively banned. The government has built quarantine facilities that can only be described as internment camps. People have been arrested for what they post on Facebook. And of course, it's not about your health. They're chasing a zero COVID policy, which is a fantasy. It's never going to happen. It's about authoritarianism, tyranny, about the government taking more control, depriving Australians of their civil liberties and freedoms, just like what's happening in America. To discuss and expose the COVID dystopia that is overtaking Australia, I'm pleased to welcome to the show the insightful and provocative Avi Amini. Avi is a former Israeli Defense Force marksman turned citizen journalist. Currently, he is the Australia Bureau Chief for Rebel News. And he warns Americans about what could come next if we don't heed his warnings. He's never afraid to speak to the truth and dig for the answers that the powers that be don't want you to find. It's my pleasure to welcome Avi Amini to the show. You know, Avi, first of all, you sort of have an interesting, even interesting background. So right now you're the Australia Bureau Chief for Rebel News. You're a former Israeli Defense Force marksman. How did you get into journalism? I kind of fell into it. I um, served in the Israeli Army, like you said. And I got back and I actually, um, when I got back to Australia, I opened uh, Krav Maga gyms, which were called IDF training. So um, it was, and and really what happened was I'd, I, wa- I wasn't political. I wasn't left. I didn't even know the difference between Labor and Liberal here, which is like your Democrats and your Republicans. I did not know the difference. 
But what I did notice was when there was um, one of the operations in the Gaza Strip and I was watching the state broadcaster ABC and I've seen how they're portraying what's happening on the ground and I'm thinking, that's just not true. <laughs> I've been there, I've served there and what you're saying is blatantly false. And um, at the time, our gyms were quite popular and I used the platforms that we had at the time, which was our Facebook pages, which were, you know, at that time was you know, it had about 100,000 followers and it was big. And I just started posting as kind of my, how I'd seen it and the reality from somebody who served there, something that most Aussies wouldn't have an idea about. And uh, it, it started the conversation. Some people liked me, some people hated me for saying it. Um, I didn't really care. And I guess after that, I found my voice and I kept uh, kind of calling it as it is uh, on a number of issues and probably people that supported me but said uh, maybe you shouldn't use your business pages like that and then I opened a page in my name and it kind of it's all history from there <laughs> that's about 10 years now I mean you you talk about you know kind of trying to get to the truth I mean right now so you live in Melbourne, right? Melbourne, Australia. That's right. So as Americans, you know, we've been watching, you know, these clips on social media and reading reading about what's been going on in Australia. And it just seems like this dystopian COVID nightmare. I mean, my understanding is Melbourne has been under lockdown for over 200 days. Something you've been, this is the sixth lockdown you guys have been under? We're about to hit the milestone as the most days in lockdown in the world. Um, we're in our sixth lockdown. This lockdown was supposed to be a seven-day lockdown. We're in our sixth week of that seven-day lockdown. What we like to say here in Melbourne is the hardest part of a seven-day lockdown is the 12th week. It's never easy. It's never what they say it is. Um, and there's no end in sight. So I think... Uh, I don't know who had the number one till now, but uh, they're long gone lockdown. We have no end in sight. There is This lockdown's not ending for a while, and there's no real roadmap out of it. They're just, uh, I guess, pressuring people to get vaccinated at the moment, saying if you want freedom, uh, we need 80% vaccinated. They don't exactly tell us what that freedom is. And even when they say it, nobody believes them because they've shifted that goalpost so many times. And you've got to remember that Melbourne is probably the most compliant city in the world. Everybody follows the rules without asking any questions until lately, I think there's a bit of a an uneasiness in the community. Um, I guess, you know, business, small business is crumbled. It's at its, it's on its knees. Um, you know, and, and people are starting to feel the reality of not working for the best part of two years now. And, uh, you know, you, you have people that that may have earned decent coin until uh, COVID and now they're living on these government handouts that are drying up and soon there will be none. You, you'll be looking at the, the, the old welfare that was before COVID times, right now, where the government's uh, just racking up debt, throwing money around that we don't have, the, you know, our kids' money. And uh, the reality is settling in for people that this, even, even when we get out of these lockdowns, we're going to start to really feel the pain of it all. Well, and take us through some of the restrictions, because a lot of what you say sounds similar to some of the things we're, we're facing here. But your restrictions, I mean, we, you know, obviously we've not had the extensive lockdowns that you guys had, but curfews from 9 to 5 a.m., 
You can't travel more than three miles from your home. You, you're only allowed outside for, you can only leave your house for two hours per day. Take us through some of these outrageous and draconian restrictions that you guys are facing. So we're literally, you got to remember, we're not like America, we're a prison island. There is no escaping. So even if you want to go overseas, I'm a dual citizen. I can't go back to Israel and see my mom, my grandma, my brothers and sisters. I can't do that. I'm just, I'm stuck here and I can't even go interstate. So we, even state, something that we've, that's unheard of in our country is state borders have been shut. And interestingly, on the day that our, our Prime Minister um, changed our national anthem to it used to be young and free and without any mandate, without any uh, vote or anything, he, he he decided on his own to change it to one and free. And on that exact date, state um, leaders, so premiers, put up state borders, meaning you could not cross between Melbourne and Sydney, Melbourne and, and, and Queensland. Um, so Victoria, all, all the different states you couldn't you couldn't cross. Most of them you still cannot cross right now. Um, so you're stuck at home, and those rules uh, include things like you cannot go more. Right now, I'm it's it's ten seventeen p.m. So we're in curfew. You cannot leave your house home for any reason. Um, you, in the day, you can leave for five reasons: to go shopping, to get vaccinated, to doctor's appointment, um, but only within five kilometers of your home. And we've put up with these rules for the good, a good part of two years. And the enforcement is probably what's most scary. Um, today, the police commissioner announced that they've set up two commands um, specifically for COVID enforcement. So that is either quarantining, the hotel quarantines or whatever quarantining systems, and the enforcement of, you know, the mask mandates and the um, all the different restrictions as they come and go, uh, the, 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 the banning of gathering, including protests. And that's where we've seen, uh, the, the heavy handed policing where, uh, they, you know, they, in fact, today he, this weekend is going to be the worldwide, uh, they're expecting a huge protest around the world and uh, Melbourne included. And the last time they had one of these, it was huge in the crowd, um, overwhelmed the police that they just literally had to stand down. Um, but police have warned today that on the weekend that they plan to shoot rubber bullets at um, unarmed civilians in Melbourne who dare go and stand up and fight for their freedom, um, who dare in a democracy to have their voices heard. In fact, they've said they're going to um, try potentially another tactic to shut down the entire public um public transport system into the city to try stop people from being able to come so that they are not overwhelmed again um, because it was an embarrassing scene for them. The last uh, big protest like that, they, they, they were overwhelmed and they had to kind of stand down um, and it was not the look that they're looking for. They want to show that they have control of the population through this never-ending pandemic and never-ending state of emergency. It, it is truly shocking. It's unbelievable. I cannot believe that in 2021, uh, I can't believe in 2020 we went through it, and I can't, certainly can't believe we're still um, going uh, through it in 2021, and that the commissioner today, when he said he built the, the, that they've set up these new commands, that they are going to be 
around at least to operational is his words until the end of 2022. So you're saying in 2023, we may be getting our freedoms back. Which, which also sort of undercuts their narrative. Oh, oh, once you hit this percentage of vaccinations, you can go back to some sort of semblance of freedom when you, you know, you look at what you just said there. And there's also financial fines as well. I mean, we're talking about in US dollars, anywhere from 1300 to $15,000 in fines for breaking some of these restrictions. Well, some of them are far higher and they keep going up because they're, they're trying to um, uh, put up the pressure. Like there's, I, I just got a phone call earlier tonight where a, a group of Hasidic Jews were fined for daring to worship on Rosh Hashanah, the second holiest day of the Jewish cal- calendar. They were fi- fined $5,000 each for that heinous crime. So, yeah, they, it is unbelievable what's happening here. So people try to go to the synagogue and, and worship, and then, you know, what, what transpired? Yeah, so, the, so people went to synagogue in, in, a, in, a, in one of the more um, Hasidic communities to, to worship. Uh, you got to remember, again, we've been one of the most lockdown cities, and they did the last Rosh Hashanah. They also, you know, had to deal with these lockdowns. And um, police attended the site and surrounded them. There was a number of them that escaped. There were videos that came out later on TikTok of all places of um, Hasidic Jews escaping via the roof. Um, and uh, the ones that came out the front were all um, fined $5,000 a head for um, daring to. For worshipping. Worship. That, that's that's exactly On a holy day. That's exactly right. That's disgusting. And, and then too, so – I mean, part of the fear that they're instilling in folks is you've got, or at least what I've read, is the military is also enforcing lockdowns. I was reading about troops going door to door in Sydney to make sure that people who have contracted COVID are isolating military checkpoints in Melbourne. Talk about the military's involvement in Australia and enforcing these draconian restrictions. So I think the, the military's um, involvement is is limited. It is more to what you were saying at first. It, they are going door to door. They're calling them compliance checking that that people that are. But see, I don't see I don't see that as limited. I, I see that as a, an abuse of the military. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of members in the military that do not want any part of that. Um, but when I say limited, I don't mean that they're. Um, they're, they're certainly not. They they are part of the checkpoints on borders, but they're not part of the roadblocks we're seeing inside of cities. So, you know, for example, on Saturday when there's a protest, there will be roadblocks all over the city trying to stop people um, from getting into the city. They they won't have any part in that. Um, the compliance check checks that they have for either people that are um, COVID positive, but not only COVID positive. When when we're talking about uh, compliance checks in Australia, it's close contacts of those that are um, COVID positive. So it could be anyone that, you know, went to the same shop as uh, somebody that was uh, COVID positive within whatever the day that they were there. So, yeah, the the military is involved on that level. But uh, I I think what we're seeing a lot of is heavy-handed policing over the most mundane, ridiculous things that, uh, you know, within my – job I've just been able to point out daily is just hypocritical. Those enforcing the rules are not even keeping the rules themselves. It's a joke. You've got people there fining you for not wearing a mask while not wearing a mask properly. It's, you can't make this stuff up and you can see that there are some 
offices, sadly, that are thriving and loving and living off this power trip, which is just disgusting because before the pandemic, I used to be that guy that was back the blue all the way. And unfortunately, I just cannot do that anymore. For me now, I say, show me show me who you are before I say I'm going to put my name to defending you. Because unfortunately, throughout this entire pandemic, we've seen those that have enjoyed really uh, taking out their abuse of powers on the general populations, people that were law-abiding citizens. The, 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 the police and the state have turned law-abiding citizens in Australia to criminals and to the point where they're jailing they're jailing good people, people that have never committed a crime in their life, jailing them for what they're calling incitement, which is another word of, you know, a word that back before the pandemic also used to mean something. You would think when somebody said incitement, they were inciting violence or they were inciting something that you probably wanted them behind bars. No, here it's for a Facebook post inciting for people to stand up for their freedom, to tell them to, you know, go protest or that to tell them that you're going to protest. That is considered incitement and um, they're jailing people, and if they're not, if you're, um, if you're willing to sign bail conditions that you will get off the internet and won't use the internet, then you may be allowed out. It is what is happening in Australia is is a disgrace, and the entire world should be outraged by it. To be honest, what are you talking about? Talk about uh, you know Facebook. You said for what you post on Facebook could lead to to jail. Talk about that. There was a pre- so one example that's probably one of your most famous ones you, you possibly would have seen, a viral video where um, po- armed police, well, you know, a, a squad of probably five or six police officers um, stormed the house of a pregnant mother um, because she posted on Facebook a, an event um, in an area at the time that had zero COVID, there were no cases in her country town, um, and it was a, it was an event saying standing for freedom, and so they came and arrested her and dragged her away, and um, she signed the bail conditions, so she was allowed out. But there were many others. There's a there's a woman now, Monica Smith, that um, led a group uh, which is registered as a political party called Reignite Democracy Australia. She was uh, there's a video where she. It starts when she's in her car. She's saying, I've just been pulled over by police. They're probably, um, she says, they're probably just pulling me over because they've looked, they've scanned her number plate and they're saying, well, I'm not in my 5K, so they're probably pulling me over to issue me one of those $5,000 COVID tickets. And when the police uh, begin to talk to her, they say, we're actually Monica Smith. We're here uh, to talk to you about incitement posts that she made on Facebook um, and she's just looked up in shock and she says to him, you guys been following me. Obviously, they've been tailing her for a while from her house or whatever, uh, tracking her and they caught up with her and that was the last we saw of Monica for about two weeks now. She's been uh, behind bars. She refused to sign the bail conditions, so uh, she's... uh, I think uh, heading to the Supreme Court next week, trying to get a judge to bail her without those conditions that silence her. So that's that's their tactic. They're, they're giving people bail so that um, they can no longer 
use social media to speak out against this regime. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then back with Avi Yemini on the other side. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work you know so Avi before I want to drill down on some more specifics in Australia but before we get to that I mean this seems like a worldwide phenomenon where we see these health officials government bureaucrats just trampling on freedoms and liberties this chilling of free speech I mean even even here in America Twitter shut down President Trump's Twitter account as I'm sure you know why do you think this is happening really across the globe? Like, what's going on? I think it's about who controls the narrative at the moment and uh, the platforms. It's it's a problem because these days the people – everything's become politicized and coronavirus is certainly um, very, very politicized from day one. You know, when Trump in the early stages was calling out a lot of this – um, a, a lot of what we're seeing now in the early days, and they used that as the tool to shut him down, and they've just continued with it. They found that it was it was effective with Trump, so why not um, 
use it against the rest of the population. They use it here. It's 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 outrageous what they get away with censoring. And I think that the fact that the government itself is now uh, employing that those sorts of tactics against their own people, using their police, not only um, social media giants to do it, but now their own police forces to uh, censor anybody that, you know, dare say anything against those health bureaucrats that nobody uh, voted for and there's been no referendum. So, you know, half these, the response to COVID, we we haven't had a chance to, you know, vote as a community uh, which way we want to go, how we want to deal with it. In Australia, we've chased this impossible zero cases. You know, you, you got to understand, they, they locked down millions of people Every time there was a single case, without putting it to the people, no referendum, no vote, no anything, there hasn't been an election during this period. I I feel that if there was an election during COVID, um, one thing certainly unpopular, and that's lockdowns. So... I think that it's just they found it as an effective tool and they're running with it. And I'm hoping that the pendulum pendulum swings the other way at some point. I I think I have a sinister view of all this because it, you know, China unleashes this virus on the rest of the world, obviously covered up intentionally lied about it. And now it seems like the entire world and a lot of these places that, you know, used to be free like America are now adhering and turning in to countries that more closely resemble the authoritarian states and governments like China. So, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like there's something more sinister going on across the world. As it's all progressed, I've uh, come up with numerous theories that all had to do with China. I, I Before the pandemic, I was very focused on what was happening in Hong Kong. I did a few trips to the front line there and was reporting a lot from Hong Kong and loved the place and I was shocked by what was happening and I was glad the world was talking about it and as the pandemic uh, especially in the early days I had numerous theories and it's interesting because if you look at it today the only kind of nation that seems to have thrived after everything is China um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot. And, and you know, I think there are sinister things that happen, especially with China in the beginning. But I, I also do believe that there are opportunistic governments that take advantage of it. And I think that's what we saw a lot play out in America. And they used it against Trump. And I think the fact that um, the election happened at that point in the pandemic um they were able to get away with it. They were able to sense him and they were able to um, to scare the populace into believing that Trump was the boogeyman to an extent. Um, I, I think it would be a very different story today. I think um, people have woken up a lot more to the fact that um, it's not exactly this, as scary as as we were all led to believe for the last, what is it, 20 months or whatever? Well, you know, I mean, fear is an effective use of or, or an effective tool for control. I mean, we've seen this, you know, really throughout history. I think one of the more disturbing things that I've been reading about in Australia are what appears to be internment camps for people who have COVID. Talk through what those look like, your concerns with them, and what people should know here 
about what's going on in Australia with that. So they've got what the quarantine camps, which um, and they're building mass uh, quarantine camps. That that's more scary for me than the fact that we've until now. So there's been two groups. So the ones that a lot of you have seen photos of. That's in the Northern Territory. It's kind of an isolated spot there. They have no COVID, and when you arrive, they put you in one of those instead of a, co- uh, a, a quarantine hotel. They put you in these little bungalows out in the middle of nowhere. And um, that's that's how they kind of controlled it. Now, um, the ones we're seeing built in Melbourne, um, which is kind of weird as well. Why are they building such massive um, quarantine camps when we're, on, we're, we're meant to be on the other side, you know, coming to the other side of the pandemic is w- what do they think is going to happen? Um, so that they do say, they argue that it's because they're going to be slowly opening the borders right now. Our borders are shut. Unless you're rich and famous, you ain't going in or out. Um, so they say that when those borders open, that's the, instead of having hotel quarantines, that's where they're going to put people. But they also have taken some people um, that they deem as high risk. They, those unelected health bureaucrats who wield all the powers in the world under these emergencies, state of emergency powers um, that, again, go against every democratic um, principle and value that we hold so dear. So if they deem that you're high risk, yes, they can ship you off to, at the moment, hotel quarantines or soon uh, these big facilities that um, you just have to stay there you're incarcerated without a trial um without committing any offense without anything without any rights um until they deem again you're free it's crazy you just can't imagine that in a free western democratic society we're actually accepting this when in history have internments ever led to anything positive don't know when you when you work that one out give me a call let me know uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's sort of the concern as you look at a lot of the parallels between what's happening now and what's happened previously. You know, asking for papers has never led to anything positive or dehumanizing a group of people like our leaders like Joe Biden have done here in the United States by dehumanizing tens of millions of people who have made the conscious and educated decision to not get vaccinated. I mean, none of this, if you look out the parallels throughout history, none of this has ever led to anything positive. And I, I just feel like a lot of people's eyes aren't truly open to some of the concerns here and the slippery slope that, you know, we're going down. Oh, absolutely. And, and you don't even have to look at history. Just look at communist China. That, that some, you know, the idea of a, um, a vaccine passport, you, they've been doing that for years in communist China. Like if you're naughty, they they you get the, they have a point system and then they take away your ID that um, means you lose the ability to work and to feed your family and to, you know, now it's just a, with a vaccine, same thing. It's exactly the same thing. And for years, one thing that the left and right agreed on was communist China is bad and communist China ideas are bad ideas. But now it's suddenly as if um, the the left has accepted 
the, and it's not all the left. It's interesting because they, they try to paint the whole anti-lockdown movement as, you know, far-right conspiracy theorists when in reality, especially here, I don't know how it is in America, but here when you go to these rallies, it is and, – and I've been um, – I've been covering protests for a few years now. I'm going to tell you now, anti-lockdown protests are the most diverse protests I've ever seen. You've got people from all walks of life. Yeah, you do have your right wing, your far right, your neo-Nazis. You do have them. I'm not going to deny that, but they are the minority. You have all ethnic backgrounds and cultures. In fact, I think it's more... Those protests are, are more diverse. They've got more ethnic backgrounds and more, um, uh, you know, refugees that go to those kind of because they're people that have kind of fled um, tyranny, tyrannical governments, and authoritarian governments, and they they they've seen the first signs and they're they're scared. They're like, I'm going to come out and protest it while I still can, and um, and then you have. You know, far, you have far left wing activists that come out to also protest the lockdown, but on in the political on the in the political class, it's kind of the left have taken this position of yes, we're going to embrace these um, vaccine passports and these lockdowns and you know crazy things like it, it, it was. I'm old enough to remember when the left was really against um, Trump's border wall. In Australia, the left have literally built border walls between states. The Labor government have built a border wall between a them and, and so Queensland and New South Wales. The Labor government has built a wall there, the same kind of people that deemed uh, – um, Donald Trump's rhetoric is dangerous and divisive. They've literally divided our country all in the name of, I don't know, health. I'm someone that loves gyms. They've shut down gyms for the best part of two years, again, for my health. Well, and the irony of that is, of course, obesity is one of the leading factors that leads someone to end up in the hospital or death because they shut down gyms here too. So that, of course, I mean, none of this makes sense, right? That's not the point. The point is control and abuse of power and turning these different countries into authoritarian states with people who are want to be dictators and individuals who have affinity for tyranny. And like the irony of what you're saying about with the border, I mean, we have left-wing politicians here who just got done telling us how racist voter IDs are, despite the fact that the majority of minorities support voter IDs. But yet these same people are asking for vaccine passports. And you look at places like New York City and you've got a larger percentage of minorities who aren't vaccinated, who are disproportionately impacted by all of this. So obviously nothing they say makes sense. But why do you I mean, it seems like here in America and then what you're saying about, you know, Australia as well. I mean, why does it seem and, and tell me if this is accurate for you guys, but it, it seems like people on the left are the ones most supportive of, you know, these draconian measures and, and these lockdowns and these totalitarian policies. In in the political class, certainly yes, they are, and it I I, I believe I feel like it all started because Trump took that one position, and everything Trump did was bad, so they had to take the opposite position, and it just continued on from there. But they also sort of you know they do thrive uh, in the idea of control and um, 
um, you know, dispersing wealth. So it, 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 everything they're doing has kind of socialist traits to it. So um, I can see where they identify. But they're all a pack of hypocrites. That's a, that's a thing. All of them that when when they preach that it's about, you know, protecting your grandma and this and that, and they're all liars that don't actually keep the rules themselves. None of them do. Um, I, I'd seen talk about yeah. Talk, take us through some of the because we have those examples here as well with you know Governor Gavin Newsom. I mean, the, there's a long list of hypocrites who rules for thee but not for me. But what, what's what's happening in Australia with that and some of your leaders? So, uh, like, I'll talk about the last week. This um, this issue with the Jewish that that Orthodox Jewish community and and you had you know these loud voices, you know, leaders within their community. And then even leftist Jews, they're just as bad. They, they, you know, they'll stand up and go, oh, this is not Judaism, this is not my Judaism, there's shame on these. And, you know, I look at um, some of these people that are posting that and they're saying, you know, that their language was flouting the COVID restrictions, putting us all in danger. And then you just look two posts down of those same people and they're flouting the mask restrictions and... They're at. They're visiting people in their homes. They're flouting all the same rules, but if they can use it as a, a political point scoring against them, the other side, and obviously those Orthodox Jews are you know conservatives, so it's them, it's those Jews and the left wing Jews, just like we see in the broader community. I'm like, no, we are better than you because not that we practice what we preach just because we preach it preaching it is what makes us better because we care they don't care all they care about is um furthering their agenda and i think coronavirus is just a tool the the pandemic everything that's happening is just a tool to further their agenda and yeah they've done pretty well till now look we've got no no offense to your president no offense to your country, it your president. Oh, you can you can offend not- Joe Biden. I have no affinity for him, so <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so we ended up with Joe Biden leading the free world. That's 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 what has come out of this pandemic, and I don't think much more needs to be said to that. And I think um, the fact that you're seeing Australia in the position it is has to do with that. Where are the checks and balances on all this? I mean, you're talking about internment camps where people... None. Government is shut down. The the state parliament here in Victoria is not sitting. The state parliament in New South Wales is not sitting. They're on hold because of this state of emergency, because because there's too many cases. And so... There's no checks and balances. There's the they these right now because of the I don't know how it works for you guys, but the legislation here, while there's a state of emergency or a state of disaster in place, they can do whatever they want, literally whatever. They can walk into your house and deem your computer a necessary thing for an investigation for for public health and safety, and that's it. We've run programs at Rebel News um, to help people fight fines, to try, uh, you know, challenge some of these things in the Supreme Court, and it is it is an uphill battle. What's the media looked like? Because obviously you guys are countering, you know, this insanity and talking about this dystopia at Rebel News, but what's has anyone in your media 
fought back or what is the mainstream media's approach to all this look like? 99.9%. There's the fringe media. Yeah. There's a few, um, lone journalists that are doing a, a good job, but 99% of the media class, what do they care? They got a job. In fact, they're thriving in the in the pandemic because people are stuck glued to their their TVs trying to find out when we're getting out of this. Everyone's watching the news. The ratings on 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 these press conferences are higher than they've ever been. So the media is pushing this and they're selling their fear porn. Like they are scaring society into believing this is the end of the world. And the scariest part of it is this gig is almost up. This gig is almost up. But tomorrow, what, what if we suddenly, they say, well, the, it's really, we're, we're coming to the end of the world because of climate change. And so the, the, the experts, the scientists say that the only way we can avoid a, a, a total destruction of our planet is if we lock down a week in every month. Now, I know that seems like a far stretch, but it isn't. Not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, two years ago, I would have thought you're mad. But today, I feel like they t- they all they have to say is health experts and it's gospel. We we actually, um, when in one of our Supreme Court challenges, we we made the government um, put these so-called health experts under oath and explain to us how they got to the decisions that they got to. How did you decide that 10 people at a funeral outdoors is more dangerous than 10 people, um, whatever, indoors? I think I, I think one of the examples was 10 people actually indoor at a funeral was um, safer than 10 people outdoors protesting the government because that was the point it was about um the right to protest so at the the rules at the time allowed 10 people indoors for a funeral but didn't allow 10 people outdoors where we knew at the time especially before this big scary delta but last year when it was just the wuhan one um that strain was never spread outdoors ever in australia at least never but they banned protests outdoors, even for small groups of 10, while they let funerals out. So we asked, we challenged them to explain why. And there was there was actually no science behind it. So these people, we have to take their word as gospel. They decide, um, and it's because if not, we're all doomed. So in another year or two, when the science is conclusive because the science experts that we listen to, that we allow on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, they are telling us that, oh, there's only three years for the world to live otherwise, unless we do a lockdown every month. As if we're not going to lock down, they're going to lock down. And this is, this is what is so scary in Australia is that people are just, you know, have been willing to give up every civil liberty to chase something based on lies. Well, and that's what this has all been about. I mean, we went from Joe Biden previously saying that he would not, that, you know, no COVID uh, mandates for vaccines, and then quickly to now where we are, where you can't hold a job 
if, if for a co- you can't work for a company that has over 100 employees without being vaccinated. I mean, so it's like I, the the quickness in where this goes from something, you know, sort of innocuous to sinister and dangerous and where there's no turning back. And, and I think that's like the broader concern about all of this is, you know, when in history have we given up freedoms and gotten them back? And I think that's what people don't understand is we keep having, and even conservatives here in America keep excusing some of this stuff. But, oh, well, you know, if we just do this, well, we'll get this freedom back. Or if we just, but that doesn't happen. Like once you, once you give up that ground, you're never giving it back. So every, every step of the way. And all they say is, and this was the excuse we've seen all throughout and they're lining up the next one is, when they don't do what they said they would do um, if we achieved whatever stupid goal they set, um, they just turn around and they say, oh, no, now there's we, we didn't have what we had now. Now there's a worse strain. Now there's the Delta. You know, last year, this was the most infectious, dangerous disease in history. We've never seen anything like, and now suddenly this year, last year's wasn't actually that bad. This year's is that bad, and now they're talking about they're talking about the future strains again. I, I don't believe I believe this gig is almost up, whether they like it or not. I, I even ha- believe Australia is at its you know tipping point here. So I, I think this gig is up, but. I think climate change is the one that's um, certainly got a longer life because there's, there's, you know, this invisible virus was, you know, it it, it was touching, you know, some people have had family members that have been affected by it. I've had family members that have certainly passed away with coronavirus, both in America and in Israel. You know, they were quite elderly and pre-existing conditions, fine, but, I think, you know, maybe less in Australia, but around the world and in Israel, I know everybody kind of knew people that have gotten sick from it. So um, they they have some sort of, you know, relationship with it in reality. But, um, but climate change, when no one's really going to know and the boogeyman is just there and we're, we're trusting the the experts to tell us everything it's going to be the it's going to be the lie that they're going to be able to hold on to for years well and, and that's like because basically the knock of if, if you believe in civil liberties if you believe in freedom the knock is you don't care about life that somehow you are a bad person for not caring about it but that's a farce because basically what we have seen throughout the duration of covid is the government promises safety they cannot deliver on safety because it is a virus and viruses do what viruses do. And we, you know, I've talked to some of the top epidemiologists in the world. COVID's not going away. We're going to turn it into an endemic at some point from a pandemic, but it's not going away. COVID is here to stay. So the government keeps making these false promises, having us engage in theater like lockdowns and masks for a false promise of security that they can't deliver on. And so the broader question is, what are we as freedom-loving people willing to sacrifice for the false promise of security. And I say none, right? Like, hell no. Like, we have to be, I believe in freedom. I believe in civil liberty. So, you know, it's basically just a middle finger to all of this nonsense that is going on, not just in the United States, but clearly in Australia and the rest of the world. I mean, are there, you know, here in America, we at least have some leaders who have stepped forward and said this is wrong. We've got people like Governor 
Ron DeSantis, who's really been leading the way. Oh, my God. He's just. I know. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm wondering if they're. Um, they're if I can file for asylum in well, Florida. Do, do you have anyone, you know, are, are there leaders in Australia that have stepped up like Ron DeSantis who have bravely. No real leaders. Um, You see, New South Wales uh, was, which is Sydney. This uh, Sydney is a city in New South Wales. Um, New South Wales, it looked like, so everybody locked down the first lockdown, you know, and I'm not going to lie, I, at the first lockdown, thought, let's do this, you know, this seems real. Um, and then after that first lockdown, um, the New South Wales Premier was very anti the lockdowns and she was, you know, kind of mocking our Premier here in Victoria, who's a Labor, so she's a Conservative, he's a... He's he's a Labour. He's um, so he's more like the Democrats, um, and she was mocking him for all, all the lockdowns. And until they got this Delta thing, and then she turned into him, and she locked down in, in some ways harder than him in some ways. Um, Why the change? Do you think? I think the pressure. The pressure got to her. Um, I was hoping that she was drawing inspiration from the great governor of. Um, in Florida, but it it seems like she at the end she ended up being very very weak, and her rhetoric these days is uh, nothing less than shocking. You know, she's talking about now in 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 New South Wales, you're gonna you're not gonna be able to, allowed to work. So if you're an essential worker, one of the people, you know, like media, for for example, me. You, you won't be allowed to work without a vaccine passport. You, they will stop you from being allowed to leave your home as an essential worker to work without a vaccine. Quick commercial break and then more on Australia's COVID dystopia with Avi Yamini. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. 
No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. What's been the human toll of all this? Because, uh, you know, just the economic calamity of small businesses not being uh, able to open or, or like you said, some people not being able to work. What's or even just looking at, you know, suicides and depression. What's been the human toll in Australia with all of this? Uh, anecdotally, just walk around, talk to anyone People are depressed. People are over it. People have are hopeless because there's at the moment there's really there's no end in sight. There's no real end in sight. And even if the government kind of tries to paint one, no one believes them, and for good reason, because this was all 14 days to flatten the curve, and we are in our sixth lockdown, 200 and I think 34 days or something. Um. So, you know, before you know it, we're going to be a, a total year in total lockdown. And, and and you've got to remember, from the beginning of this pandemic, when we say we've been, whatever, 234 days in lockdown, that's that's hard lockdown. That's curfew, five kilometres from your house, five reasons to leave you. But in between that, we've had restrictions. We have, we've never been able to do anything. You know, there was only a couple of weeks in the middle of this entire pandemic where you wouldn't have felt the restri- the the restrictions but aside from that everything like you, you know even when it was open you, if you went to dinner it was really weird to sit at dinner you're on a time you, you you're not allowed to move from your seat you can't like it was uncomfortable to do anything do you feel like you're in prison yeah i don't prison island and i feel like you're trapped you know i feel like if you go anywhere else in the world at least you can go somewhere else. At least you can get somewhere and go somewhere. You know, I, I've got a lot of friends in the UK and I see them traveling around Europe throughout this entire pandemic. i got my family in Israel. I see, and, you know, looking at Israel, Israel's. if anyone doesn't want to believe um, this story of if you just, you know, what they keep telling us now, that if you just get 70, 80% uh, vaccinated, we'll, be, we'll get our freedoms back. All you got to do, look at, look at Israel today, one of the highest vaccinated uh, populations in the world and they've got the second highest uh, hospitalizations per day at the moment. So um, if Australia locks down, if states lock down over one positive case, why will they open up when they're getting a 100 hospitalizations a day? They're just not going to do it. So there is no insight. It is hopeless. It's sad because, you know, um, if I wasn't bound, if I wasn't so I would seriously consider trying to uh, get myself a, a refugee status in Florida. I'm not even kidding. And, of course, the challenge of all of this is we have the people who are making policy, whether it's public health officials or government, uh, you know, politicians 
they're insulated from the impact of their policy. So they're still working, they're still making an income and it's the small businesses, it's low income workers who are suffering. Absolutely. So they have no incentive to change. Exactly. In fact, they're not only uh, still working, the government here have taken two pay rises throughout the pandemic. The premier here is on almost half a million dollars a year. It's disgusting. And, you know, when I see people in the, um, mainstream media, and they're you know they're they're targeting rule breakers who dare open their business. I just turn to them. I go, shame on you! Like, how do you not? How can you stand here and judge someone like that who owns a small business who's just trying to feed his family and to make sure his business doesn't that he put his whole life's work, sweat, blood, and tears into it. All his money is in it, and he's just trying to survive. And you're standing here with your stupid little microphone trying to shame him when you're the only one that hasn't lost a job in this scenario. And all over, particularly in Australia, a, a fantasy, which is a zero cases. It's not going to happen. It's a virus. So, I mean, it's it's all of this destruction and breaking people's spirits and destroying lives over a fantasy, which they are never going to achieve because zero policy is not an attainable goal with an infectious virus. So it's just, it is absolute insanity. You've talked about, you've been out there in the streets as you've talked about earlier in the show uh, about, you know, covering these protests and, and, and sort of being in it. How much pushback are you seeing? How much do you anticipate? Like talk about some of the things that you've seen uh, a little bit more while covering these protests that have been going on. You're talking about pushback from the citizens. The citizens, yeah. So yeah, just I, in the protests that you've you've uh, been covering. I think if you looked at uh, the timeline of of this entire pandemic in the, in the beginning of uh, the the pandemic, it was a very small group of pretty, I guess, radical. Um, it was easy to kind of brush them off and laugh them off in the beginning. You know, they were talking about 5G and they were talking about... And I remember kind of laughing them off a little bit. Um, and, yes, yeah, some of the stuff they said back then was a little quirky, but some of the stuff they were saying was scarily, eerily true, and it's panning out. You know, they were saying that, you know, they're going to microchip everyone. Well, maybe not microchip, but... The vaccine passports and the, the tracking the QR codes where they track all, where you've been, and you know in, in Australia they also tried to create an app where everybody's apps talk to each other so that they can uh, you know what they called contact tracing, but it never actually worked. Now they're they're doing everything else to 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 track your your movement, and then uh, back then they were talking about uh, the the mandatory vaccinations. There, I was like, really? What are you talking about? They don't mandate. It goes against the Australian Constitution to mandate mandate health decisions. Well, you know, and we, we kind of laughed them off. And those people are still around, kind of saying, "I told you so." But as time has progressed, it became more and more the general public, the people that were suffering, the small business owners, the people that have been laid off, the people that have lost their jobs, the people that, that that are raising families that are just struggling. And now you're starting to see them hit the streets. Well, you, you have in the last six months. You've seen them. And in all these protests, I'm, I'm, meet, I'm when, when I'm going there to cover them, I'm meeting more and more people that are telling me, this is the first protest I've been to. I've never been to a protest in my life. I've never broken a law in my life. But I'm here because 
what else what else have I got to lose? And I think that's when I say we're at a tipping point, I think we're getting there. And I think the uh, police recognize it. That's why uh, they're very, very worried about what's going to happen this weekend. Um, and I think they sort of should be because there's a limit to how much you can um, you can do this until and there's protests coming up this weekend. Yeah, so there's worldwide protests. So there's big protests that that I think is is planned for around the world, and these are typically the ones where no matter who they put put in jail here on a local level, it doesn't matter because the people will still come to the streets because it's it's beyond the 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 leaders here of these little groups it's it's an international thing so it's all the international groups and doesn't matter that's what they, that's been their tactic here they, they've gone and they've um tried to mass arrest anyone trying to organize protests to stop them from happening and at, at times it's worked it's kind of you know a protest was going to happen but it kind of flopped because suddenly the leader went missing and everybody you know all the people at the bottom got confused by what when who why if it's really happening so it kind of fizzled out um but these worldwide international ones that seem to not really have one um leader it, they they kind of, the police cannot control them by by deploying that sort of tactic so i think this weekend is a big weekend uh, i'd encourage all your listeners to watch this space because i think australia is going to have a tough one this weekend and so you actually you're suing the police over a september 2020 incident you know what happened with that I'm suing him over a number of interactions now, um, but that one was what um, started it all off. I was at one of these uh, lockdown protests in the capacity uh, as a journalist um, for Rebel News. All the police know who I am. Um, some of them really like the work. They often walk up to me going, I love it, love what you're doing, especially before the pandemic when it was, you know, going to climate change protests and talking to the people there and showing how they're out there blocking our roads and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, but even within even within the lockdown stuff, there's still a, a number of police that do support it. Um, but every officer knows who I am. And the, the commanding officer just came straight for me, ordered his, uh, his uh, you know, <laughs> group of thugs to literally take me down on camera no shame, no care in the world, feeling like they're above the law and freedom of the press doesn't matter if it's a, you know if it's a, an outlet or a journalist who's critical of the overreach and the overstep by the police. And um, they detained me for a few minutes, gave me a what's called a move-on order. So I hadn't broken any laws, I hadn't done anything wrong, but they issued me with a move-on order. And if in that moment... I don't move on, then I'm in. I'm then I am potentially committing an offence, which is in breach of the move on order. So it's sort of like what they do with the bail conditions. Um, so we're suing the police here for that, and again a number of other incidents where you know there was another time where I was arrested for my own safety. So the crowd. So this was not at a lockdown protest. It was at another protest where the crowd or you know, the Antifa groups within the crowd started to surround me and tried to intimidate and scare me. 
Um, and police rushed in and grabbed me and chucked me in handcuffs. And as they're saying it, they're telling me they're doing it for my own protection. Um, so there's, a, there's, I think, about six incidents. Couldn't they have just escorted you out of the situation? <laughs> well, I was saying I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm. If they're doing something wrong, arrest them. Like I'm not leaving. Right. Well, yeah, actually, no. Sorry, that's that's actually the uh, that that would be the smarter approach to all of this. The, the better solution. I, I understand that it is tactically easier to take the compliant one or to take the one uh, instead of to deal with the fifty around him threatening him. But that's not how it works in a free society. We don't let the mob rule. And um, so that that's that issue. Then we had, you know, we've had a couple of uh, incidents where they've detained me, f- you know, for a mask when we've, you know, we're very careful um, to work within the boundaries of the law. And many of these officers who love to exert their newfound emergency COVID powers, they don't know the laws. They don't understand anything they're trying to enforce. And in all these in, in six separate incidents, people can take a look at a, a standwithavi.com. Um, you can see it's all listed there in the, in the lawsuits. Actually there. But in all these incidents, I've never been charged with anything because I've never actually done anything wrong. Um, I've just been – and that's why, you know, they don't like it because I, I don't just uh, – toe the line and follow the narrative and repeat the government talking points. Um, I do what journalists used to do. I question everything. I'm critical and um, stand up for and call it as I see it. And some people, especially at this time, um, the state doesn't like it. So we're going to court. I mean, that's literally the reason I started this podcast was because it was during COVID and I, I felt like, you know, it, the Prager University did this, uh, tweeted out this quote the other day where it says, everyone's running to the towards the cliff. It's the person running away from it that looks crazy. And I, I feel like that's how I felt this entire time during COVID is just no one's made sense. It's, you know, up is down, down is up, this bizarre world, even conservatives or people who purport to be conservatives you know, supporting and laying the groundwork for some of these draconian policies. I mean, that was the entire basis of this podcast is trying to get to the truth, having conversations like this one that you might not be able to have on TV or you might not be able to have in some other places and you're just trying to cut to the heart of it and have a place for truth no matter what. Uh, you know, so the, the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, is up for re-election, you know, next year. Do you think there's going to be any political ramifications uh, for leaders throughout Australia for all of this? Um, I, yeah, I, I, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know anymore. You see, it's very hard to predict things like this because uh, I think, um, Stockholm syndrome is a real thing, and I think uh, they're going to be very clever. All the governments, state and federal, um, are going to be very clever about how they, um, start to give back freedoms and it's going to work very well with their timing is going to be perfectly orchestrated uh, in the lead up to the different, whether it's state or federal elections. Um, I I don't know if the the problem is also what's the alternative? (laughs) Like Scott Morrison's a a so-called conservative. Um, So the other side is going to be 
the same, if not worse. Uh, we don't have many options. Uh, in Victoria, my state, they've just changed the leadership of the opposition. I'm hopeful, but I'm at the same time realistic. I don't think it means much. And uh, I don't know what the memory of the people that have suffered throughout this pandemic is, how long it's going to be sustained and how long they're going to remember everything we've been through. Well, and the challenge too is, as you've talked about with your media, it's the same as our media is, you know, they're basically a state media, right? So they're the propaganda arm of Biden. And we saw that before the election with the media actually hiding information about Hunter Biden from the public to try to help Joe Biden. So it's, it's we're, we're, we're increasingly in a, a world, it seems like, where it is more and more difficult to get the truth out to the public. And and that really that really scares me. Absolutely. And then you have on top of that um, compounded is the fact that social media is again aligned with those same groups, those same interests. And uh, their one one job is to to stop to stop any um, sort of change back to positive. <laughs> well, it, it it seems like you know Australia is in inarguably in a worse spot than America is with all of this. What would you say to Americans before we allow it to get worse here in our country? I I like to say the the perfect example is the reality of Australia. We are literally, you know, ahead of you right now. It's actually getting to 11.15 p.m. on uh, Tuesday, the 14th of September, and you're recording this at uh, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. for you in the morning. So we are literally ahead of you. Heed the warning. Look at what happens in the days ahead of you if you do not do not change the, the, the direction the country is going in. And where can people find your work if they, if they want to you know, look at some of your footage, if, if they want to read some of your stuff? Where can people find your work and support you? Um, so rebelnews.com.au, that's the Australian or Rebel News. Um, but yeah, um, it, it, it's always changing. You never know who's going to stop us next. But at the moment I'm on Twitter, I'm on, um, Instagram, I'm on YouTube, but, um, Rebel News is the safe. And what are your handles there? Uh, at Osraeli Avi is, I think most of them are at Osraeli Avi Mini. <laughs> Just search it up. Um, otherwise, rebelnews.com.au is always a, a safe one. All my work goes up there. Um, Avi, this was fascinating. I really appreciate your insight and, and giving us a, a closer look at what's going on in Australia. We'll, we'll say a prayer for you uh, and your family during these crazy times. Thank you so much and appreciate you having me on. I want to thank Avi Yamini again for such an incredible interview, uh, an eye-opening interview. And I want to thank you guys at home for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot when you review. It means a lot when you rate the show. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at least Marie Booth. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, writer Aaron Kliegman, our researcher, Rebecca Howe, and our executive producers, Debbie Myers and Speaker New Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 Network and team.
Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.